The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Good morning and welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. I want to to first thank my Heavenly Father, my grandson, for waking me up this morning as I have a terrible headache, but I will push through. Oh, today, okay. today we will be discussing co-parenting with a difficult parent. And without further ado, I would like to welcome Dr. Rosalind Reese. Okay, Rosalind, tell the listeners about yourself, who you are, and why this topic is dear to your heart. Well, good morning, Jeanette Abney. Nice to hear from you today, and happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you. Well, you know, I just wanted to uh, touch bases with you and speak a little bit about what I do here at AC to Change, which is a professionally monitored uh, provider of supervised visitation. So I am a professional provider of supervised family visits. Now, what that means is uh, that those families who are involved with family court systems, and there is a current custody and visitation order that structures and outlines, defines, if you will, the course of their parenting time for a period of time, hopefully for a short period of time. Well, you know, in those instances, then the parents have the option of either uh, utilizing a family member or a close friend that everyone is comfortable and familiar with, especially the children, um, to help uh, assist in the day-to-day exchanges, transportation, and just overall assisting the family as they go through um, this most difficult time in their lives when parents, for whatever their reasons are, are unable to maintain uh, uh, the family in the home all together, you know, at the same time, meaning both parents and then the child or children, things occur. Okay, I'm going to stop you there, okay, because you're talking about the things occurring and basically how we get there. First, I want to talk about today's episode. As we know, joint custody or parenting with another can present many challenges, which some of the things that that Amaz is going to talk about in regards to after a breakup of a relationship. Not only is co-parenting something new to individuals, because many people don't even know what co-parenting means, because we have different parenting styles. We have 
have single parents. We have extended family members helping us parent. We have grandparents parenting. We have individuals in child protective services in different areas of where we are learning how to parent with more than just one person, which is what the co is about. So today we will discuss the issues in regards to the fears, the concerns that many parents face as it relates to parenting with another. Now, the goal today is not just to talk about my ex did this or so-and-so did that or things of that nature, because the one thing I want to express is the importance of what's called emotional maturity. And because the two people are not together, putting those two people to in a room together sometimes may or may be good, may not be good. But we have to try to learn to focus on what is in the best interest of the child. Now, I'm going to ask you this question, Rosalind, because I know a lot about your you in regards to your educational background because we went to school together and also things that you've done. So I want to talk about in regards to what is the best interest of the child? What, what, is some, what is your thoughts in regards to that? Well, before I, I go into that, uh, Jeanette, we went to school together a long time ago, and we won't get into <laughs> dates here. But anyhow, um, you know, that's where we met, and I'm glad to have had the opportunity to have met you at that time because we now have this fabulous relationship, business-wise, personally speaking as well. So that being said, best interest of the child, yes, you'll hear that statement quite often, and uh what that actually means is that you are really honing in on what the child's needs are. Now, when I say child or children, we're speaking of those 0 to 18 years old. So within mm-hmm. that age range, that's the first thing. You want to consider the age ranges of the children involved. Okay. When you're considering best interest. Then you also you know, that will lead you over to what their developmental issues or needs may be. Mm-hmm. Now, well, you, you know, Rosalind, when you talk about the age, and it's funny because once you're a parent, you always a parent, even after they, once they become an adult. And that's when it really gets really, really sticky. I remember, like I said, I, I talk on my show about watching um, a lot of movies. And I remember watching the show or the movie, It's Complicated. And that was a funny movie with Meryl Streep because although they were divorced and things that happened, they had to go to their adult child's wedding. So even though we talk about co-parenting and just in regards to kids, some of the things is, one of the things I want to do and make sure we do is give people tips. Give them information and try to help them because even though co-parent basically means that you do it with your ex and you give your children, there's certain things we're trying to give them, which is stability and close relationship with both parents. And although that can be rarely easy sometimes, part of the issue that I see because I myself am also a licensed therapist is having the parents put aside relationship issues. Because in their relationship, things may not have went well. That Maybe they married, maybe they did marry. You know, maybe one wanted the child, maybe one didn't, have the ch- didn't want the child. But that being said, the child is here. So you have to put aside those differences. And a lot of times it brings about a lot of stress. And despite those challenges, though, you know, one of the things we got to find out is, is it even possible to develop a cordial working relationship with your ex and we say we're doing it for the sake of our children 
let's talk a little bit about how we can develop that cordial relationship or that cordial working relationship, Rosalind. You know, you know what I, I do? I, I um, consider when you're speaking about relationship of the parents, between the parents for the best interest, if you will, of the child. Mm-hmm. What we're about, well, you know, I think about the three C's. The first one would be communication, mm-hmm. which is of the utmost importance. Now, please understand there are situations that do not warrant communication between the parents. What do you do then? Correct. Correct. Well, and that, mm-hmm. there, are, um, there are many avenues, you know, there, again, back to the family and friends. You always want to go with the least invasive uh, process as is possible before elevating things to a higher level, meaning court and what have you. But that being said, communication, if you, if you happen to be involved with the court, there are systems in place for that via the Internet. There are Correct. programs that are offered via family court services that allow mm-hmm. um, open and active communication online on behalf of the children. I'm now, glad you I'm glad you said that, Rosalind, because even though you're talking about communication, because it does all begins with communication, because we got to think about it. And when we not only when we communicate with our ex, we're also we're a role model and we're setting the stage for our children. And before you even contact your ex or even once it even get to that point, and even though the communication can be a tough task, you have to remember that it isn't always necessary to meet that person in person because you can speak over the phone not only speaking over the phone you can like you said um i know that there's a lot of different things especially with children and parents well parents when they're going through a divorce i can't think of the term that they use it but they have this online thing where they they call each other and they can only do it over the the internet and that way there's a um what you call a record of what's being said between the two. But I want to say one thing in regards to effective communication, whether it's through email, phone, in person, they have some methods to help individuals initiate and maintain effective communication. And one is set a business-like tone. Let's talk a little bit about what that would be like for some individuals that may be struggling with setting a business-like tone with someone that you once used to, you know, be in love with, you're no longer in love with them, and trying to do that in the best interest of your child. What would that look like, Rosalind? Well, it would look like different, it would look very different for different people depending on the circumstances, meaning the severity of the issues that brought the family, you know, to this point in their lives in the first place. So, mm-hmm. so that being said, um, the, next, the, the next C of the three Cs, I would uh, include consistency. You know, um, when the relationship between the parents is no longer, um, mm-hmm. how do you, and because you, you will have to, but how do you maintain your communication and then go on to be consistent with that communication and the uh, visit plans and what have you with the person that you just no longer want to, to see, hear, smell, or think about. <laughs> but they're the father or mother of your child. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm, I see here and when we talk about the set of business like Tome is approach the relationship with your ex as a business partnership where your business is your children, you know, because it's not only just your business, it's their business too. 
And you can speak or write to your ex as you would a colleague with cordially being respectful and with the neutrality. You want to relax and you want to talk slowly because a lot of times when we're around someone that we really may not want to be around, our anxiety increase. Our, we start talking very rapidly. We start saying things that's not very nice. And sometimes we can become what's called nice, nasty or passive aggressive. So we have to remember Keep that business mindset in regards to it's about our children. Second, it talks about second talks about make requests instead of making statements, which can be misinterpreted as demands, because a lot of times we want to bully the other person. Tell me a little bit about that, Rosalind, and some of the things that you've seen in regards to, to making the demands. Sure, because, you know, those emotions are still there, you know. And, and you, you're still reliving and, and you still have things to say to that person. You still want to get your point across. That issue, that thing that brought the family to this point is still there. And until that gets resolved or compartmentalized so that you can focus on the best interests of your child, then you're going to have this animosity. And, you know, I've been doing this line of work here as a, you know, a monitor now for, you know, over three years. But prior to that, many years of, you know, CPS and reunification. So I've seen this over and over. You Mm -hmm. have to either work through those issues that, you know, bring you to this point in your lives or you're going to have to compartmentalize them. And that means that while you're working on yourself. Correct. You have to have a plan over here on the other side that outlines how you're going to continue to be a parent. Correct. It's like my one of my friends always say, if that person never changed, what are you going to do? And see, a lot of times we like to point the finger and blame other people is your fault. And I tell people sometimes, even in in my private practice, closure is not always good. You may not need that closure right now. At this point, it really don't matter. So now you got to put that behind you and start working towards making sure that your child feels safe and, and feel loved by both parents. So then it goes on to listen. In regards to communicating, with maturity starts with listening. The hardest thing for us to do is listen. And even if you end up disagreeing with the other parent, you should at least be able to convey to your uh, to the ex that you've understood their point of view and listening does not signify approval. All it does is just basically let them know that I, I respect you and I'm paying attention because you won't lose anything by allowing your ex to voice his or her opinion. And a lot of times we run into that. Do you find that difficult in your line of work in regards to trying to get the other person to listen to one another? Oh, my gosh. Listen, this brings me to the third C in the three C's that I was speaking about, cooperation. You know, I oftentimes end my emails or text messages with, Thank you for your cooperation uh, to whomever I'm speaking with, either parent or child. You know, because if we can achieve that, if that can be our primary goal is to, you know, we have this plan in place, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to, so we're communicating what we need to do. And then we want to see that consistency over a period of time. And then as long as folks are cooperating to the best of their ability, or communicating when, when things aren't going well. Maybe things need to be tweaked a little bit, staying within the, the confines of the law, of course. 
Correct. Meeting with the court order. But, boy, if we can get that cooperation from everyone, um, progress can be made not only personally, you know, uh, individually I'm speaking, if you involve those of us who could benefit from individual therapeutic services, along with some parenting classes um, to to learn how to deal with the child. Let's not forget about our children that's sitting over there while we have the issues as the adults. What about them? You know, look over and see how they're, how this is impacting maybe their behaviors at home, at school. There may be some things that should need be addressed, and having both parents on board, cooperating, communicating, and being consistent with that for the best interest of the child is, is what we want, isn't it? It is what we want. And I want to, because we're going to be going to a break shortly, but I want to talk about in regards to what you're saying and in regards to showing restraint, because whether we realize it or not, even with domestic violence, domestic violence occur a lot of times when there's tension building, battering, and it, it develops a cycle. And we start teaching the children that life in this world is not safe. Our parents can't get along. So, and then parents start, I mean, kids think that they have to choose sides and, and it can become a big old mess. But in regards to showing restraint, we have to keep in mind that communicating with one another is going to be necessary for the length of the children's entire childhood and their entire life. You know, and a lot of times we think, boy, I can't wait till this child get 18 and I don't have to deal with this person ever again. But like I said, that is so not true because I have adult children, and sometimes even now, when things come up like graduation, I have to ask my daughter, you talk to your father? You know, have you heard from your father? And things of that nature. And sometimes I may have to call him and say, well, your daughter said, or your daughter won, or your daughter need. You know, so I never personally dealt with a lot of issues with co-parenting, but showing restraint because you can train yourself not to overreact to your ex, and over time, you can become numb to the bush buttons that the other person try to push. So what happens is it don't even bother you anymore. It don't even matter anymore because now it's about the kid. So we're going to be taking a break in about a minute. So if you want to call in, please feel free to call in, share your opinions, your thoughts. If you're having some issues that you're struggling with, with your co-parent or your parent and um, that you're parenting with, call us at 888-346-346. 9141 or you can Twitter me at J.A. Precious J or you can contact me on Facebook at Jeanette Abney LMFT at gmail.com or Precious Predicaments at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Share some of your stories, your thoughts, your ideas in regards to what's working, what's not working so we can help these parents get along with one another for the sake of their children. Until then, we'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought, you can achieve or have whatever you want. Make the laws of the universe work for you. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. Again, today... We are talking about co-parenting with an uncooperative parent. And we know what makes a person uncooperative. And sometimes, you know, they're resistant. There's a lot of emotions still involved. There's a lot of unresolved issues with the relationships, which makes it uncooperative. And then sometimes the two people may just not like each other, which is fine. We're not here today to pretty much focus on the relationship, but trying to find ways that we can help the children so that they don't have to carry that burden of, you know, who am I? What am I? Am I loved by both parents? Because there's certain things that parents and we have to learn to try to teach our kids. Because again, today our goal is to come up with ways to communicate with what's in the best interest of the child. Because the children are looking for trust, stability, and balance. Now, with that being said, we Rosalind and I brought up some important tips in regards to communicating. And one of the things is, even with this communication, we have to learn to commit to meeting and talking consistently. A lot of times what happens is, in many cases, when people break up, they not only separate from the person, they separate from them, their children. And that may not be the case in all cases, but sometimes it's the children that are left confused trying to figure out why did mommy leave? Why did daddy leave? You know, in my practice, I've heard kids say, well, my mom chose this man over me or my mom don't love me anymore. Or in the, the, the good one, I don't know if you've ever heard this one before, Rosalind, where someone said I was told I was an accident. So mm, let's yes. talk a little bit about that and some of the things that you've seen, not only with just doing your visitation, but also as a social worker, some of the things that you've seen in regards to the parents making this commitment to one another to try to communicate. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, again, the communication, consistency, and cooperation is something that is expected from adults, from the parents. Now, how does that impact the children? You know, what about the children? I think we left off speaking about that. Should we elaborate on that a bit more? Yes, we can. You know, um, and it's, it's so sad, you know, because from based on what I do um, and what I have done over the years, you know, I, I see the fear in the kids' eyes. I, I hear them 
say things uh, that to the effect that they're they're afraid. What's going to happen to me? What's, where's my brother going in case the kids are split up? Oftentimes that happens. But they don't know what's going to happen to them. They don't know what's going to happen next. And um, so they're anxious. They're afraid. And uh, what we want to do is try and separate we as parents, clinicians, social workers, visitation providers, try to keep separate the parents' parental relationship from the parenting duties. Mm-hmm. That make- yeah, because being a parent is not an easy job. And like I said, and when your emotions now with that commitment and to the meetings, um, frequent communication, like I said, you got to convey and it conveys message to your ch- to your children that you and their other parent are a united front, especially when you're talking about parents that have our kids that are in the um in the child welfare system because a lot of times these kids parents weren't getting along or something happened and people don't realize that I tell my clients a lot of times there's two reasons why most children are removed from their home if they can't get along and that's one is domestic violence the other one is drug and alcohol use those two right there destroys families and what happens in some cases is even though they are receiving services they still have to make this commitment they still have to learn how to communicate with one another and work on themselves because you want to convey a positive message to your child because this may be extremely difficult sometimes but you got to remember, it's not about you no more. You brought someone into this to this life. Now, another one is in regards to keep conversations kid focused. Now, a lot of times, Robin Roslyn, sorry, I apologize. One of the things that I've noticed when no with co-parenting is keeping the conversation kid focused. You can control the content of your communication, but never let a discussion with your ex partner. To digress into conversation about your needs or their needs. It should always be about your child's needs. Have you or do you run into that problem a lot with your visitations? You know, when you're monitoring them? The answer here, here's how I'm going to answer that is that um, there are situations that I've experienced where um, the emotional trauma experienced by either parent is so entrenched that they have ways of filtering their emotions, their feelings, their stuff, filtering filtering those things through the children. Mm-hmm. And it's sad when that happens. You know, that form of manipulation can be very damaging uh, to a child who's still developing. You know, or or, or are stuck in or in certain developmental stages, even if you will. You know, Erickson's developmental stages. You know, if you you kids nine to eleven, they internalize things as if it were their own fault. You know, daddy left, mommy left because of me. Something Mm -hmm. that I'm doing or have done. You know, um, so you want to really be cognizant of those types of maneuvers, if you will, that can be emotionally traumatizing to to the child. You know, it's projection. I'm Correct. thinking about projection. 
Well, not only that, we teach our children based on how to behave and how to resolve conflicts based on how we resolve conflicts with one another. I want to share a little some tips in regards to improving your communication or with your ex. And one of the things is if you are truly ready to rebuild trust, because like I said, you want to show your child that your child can trust both of you. Sometimes you may want to ask your significant other for their opinion. And this is fairly simple technique and can effectively jumpstart a positive communication because a lot of times when you take two people and put them in the same room, they're both going to become very defensive. So when a person is feeling validated and feeling heard and knowing that what they have to say matters, that can make a big difference. Another thing is apologize. When you are truly, 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 truly sorry about something, Take the time to apologize sincerely. Even if the incident happened a long time ago, that can also be something that break the ice. I tell individuals, it's better to say I apologize versus saying I'm sorry. Because a lot of times when you say you're sorry, you don't even know what you're sorry about or sorry or what you should be sorry for. But when you say I apologize, that means that if I've done something, if I've said something that may have offended you, that truly was not my intentions, and I apologize. And then chill out. Exactly. Simple words, you know, often hard to come by for for some of us at certain times when the emotions are so high. But remember, you know, as parents, we're we're teachers, we're role models, and children are looking and listening and learning and doing based on what they see and hear more so than what they say, again, referring to their developmental stage. You know, that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they're, they're sponges. So we as parents are responsible for at least making a, a strong attempt at providing the best adult, respectable, you know, uh, uh, skills that we can muster up, you know, in the presence of our children. Sure, there may be times we have to go out back and just, you know, blow it off because we're just so upset. But if we can just control and contain ourselves in the presence of our children, especially, especially during these times where the family is separating or has recently separated and, you know, people are learning to reacclimate to different environments, you mm-hmm. know, um, from which they may not be familiar with, you know, we're, as, as adults, as parents, we may be better able, better equipped to make, to, to go through the adjustments, to, right. to one foot in front of the other. But, see, the children aren't able, um, a lot of them, again, developmentally speaking, you know, wherever they are, to, what are they going to do with all of that, that they, all of these new experiences that they're involved with? Right. And, and if it's tumultuous, then you have even more um, stress, anxiety placed upon the children. What are they supposed to do with that? Well, they Okay, can- I'm going to stop you there. And in regards to that, because we want to talk about in regards to what's healthy and what's not healthy. Well, One of the things is we want to focus on what's healthy for the children. It's healthy for the children to be exposed to different perspectives. And they have to learn to be flexible. But they also need to know that living under the same basic set of expectations at each home. See, one of the things with co-parenting is you're learning how to parent together for the best interest of the child. And there's certain things you're going to have to talk about. One of them is rules. Mm 
And rules do not have to be exactly the same between two households. Because a lot of times with co-parenting, you have to be careful with splitting. Because one of the things the kids will say, well, daddy, let me do this or mommy, let me do that. So you want to make sure that the two of you, because if the two of you are in an agreement with one another, then the kid can't use you against one another too because they're looking at the fact that the two of you previously did not get along. So if you and your ex establish general consistent guidelines, your kids won't have to bounce back and forth between two radical different disciplinary environments because it's very important that the lifestyle like rules mean regards to homework issues, curfews, and off-limit activities should be followed in both households. What do you think about that, Rosalind, in regards to the rules? Because remember, Uh, co-parenting is parenting together. Co-parenting is parenting together and the rules have to be the same in both houses. You know, you know, Jeanette, so it was, I was kind of chuckling over here when I heard you say that different, there are different rules in different households. Mm-hmm. That is a concept that I brought my two boys up on. You know, the fact that if we eat dinner at 5.30 and the neighbors to the left at 6.30 and the neighbors to the right at 7.30, it doesn't make either of us right or wrong. We're different. Correct. You know, we do things differently. However, there are various there could be various extremes to those differences, and that's what you want to be cognizant of. You right. know, um, if some child is out at night, nine, ten o'clock at night on a school night, and you know they're school age because they're your buddy, and you're in the house eating dinner, well, sure, you know, you would expect your child to, to think about that. Well, what's going, you know, what's different about them? And and, and that, that just, you know. Um, so basically we got established rules. We also have to know about discipline. With discipline, we have to try to follow similar systems of consequences for broken rules. So even if the infraction don't happen under your roof, so if your kids have lost TV privileges while at the ex's house, follow through with the restriction. The same can be done for rewarding good behavior. You got to be on the same page and schedule. Schedule where you can aim for some consistencies in your children's schedule, like making meals, homeworks, bedtimes, and be in regards to that can go a long way with your child's adjustment to having two homes. Because the one thing is kids have to basically remember you're living out of two homes. And that could be very, very difficult for a child. Now, there's some important issues that the parents have to basically discuss. And being open, being honest, straightforward about important issues is crucial to both your relationships with your ex and your children as well while you're co-parenting. One of them is the medical needs. A lot of times when we talk about the medical needs in regards to co-parenting, and, you know, I really didn't want to touch on it, but I'll bring it up. Sometimes we have what's called some one can have either joint custody or sole custody. It could be in regards to legal meaning who makes all of decisions, whether it's joint or sole for either parent in regards to where the child goes to school and things of that nature. And then we have the physical, meaning where the child stay. So when we talk about those things, there's important issues, medical needs. Effective co-parenting can help parents focus on the best medical care for their child. It also helps to reduce the anxiety for everyone because what happens is if one parent makes a decision without the other, then the other one has a reason to point the finger. Education. That plays a major role in maintaining stable environment for your children. 
So we need to make sure that we let them know about the changes in the child's also and, and speak with your ex ahead of time about class schedule because sometimes those extracurricular activities can be used as a tool. Well, so-and-so don't want to come with you this weekend because she said she got a baseball game or, or a softball game or she has cheerleading. So we want to make sure that when we co-parenting, we're fair. And I know we got a break coming up pretty soon, but I want to throw out there the financial issues. The cost of maintaining two separate households can strain your attempts to be an effective co-parent. So one of the things we have to do, and one of the things I work on with my parents a lot of times, is setting a realistic budget and keeping accurate records for shared expenses. Because we have to remember that they're still our kids. Kids gonna want to do things and kids cost money. So we want to be gracious with the other person and provide opportunities for your child that the other one may not be able to do. So if their lifestyle change, we don't want the kid to have to suffer because now the kids is, is living out of two homes. So those are some of the things that, like I said, we have to put our emotions behind us and we have to basically make sure that the kid knows that the kid is loved by both parents. Now, in regards to those three things, um, Rosalind, and we only have like three minutes left, and we go before we take a break. Medical needs, education, financial issues. What are some of the things that you see or work with with your parents with co-parenting? Well, you know, that those types of situations that you're mentioning that are primary in providing basic care for your child, the medical, the school you know, the educational piece, the um, cost involved in daily care. I mean, those are your basic parenting skills. Now, you, t- you go from that category over to co-parenting, which adds to that, and that is how are we going to do those things separately as parents. And you're, you spoke about the separate households. You know, that is that is the co-parenting, where the co-parenting piece comes in, because in essence, you have a child living out of two homes. As mm-hmm. adults, do we typically do that? And if we do, how difficult is it really? It so, can be real difficult. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And just to add to that, lastly, there was there is a wise uh, judge in uh, juvenile court that and, and family court that speaks about he will not order... Uh, a child to be split between homes um, during the weekdays. So mm-hmm. whatever, you know, bed he or she sleeps in, you know, come Sunday night in order to go to school Monday morning is where that child will remain until um, Thursday night. And then they go on to school Friday morning and they can go a weekend to the other parent's home because you want to lessen the stress on the child and the parents, in essence, when there's that consistency in the day-to-day. Correct. Correct. Now, we're going to be taking a break in about a minute. And like I said, we still have a little bit of time left for those that might want to call us or Skype or either email us. If you have any questions or concerns in regards to some of the things that we're talking about, some things that are are working for you, not working for you, or even talking about working with the other parent because a lot of times is, you know, breaking the ice, setting the stage and remembering who are we doing this for? So we're going to take a break and please come back and join us with Jeanette Abney with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. Thank you.
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments. Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. Again, today we're talking about co-parenting with an uncooperative parent and just basically co-parenting in general. I have here what's called the Ten Commandments of Co-Parenting. As we know, there's no such thing as a perfect parent, and we basically try to do the best that we can to parent. And when we're co-parenting with another individual that we once was involved in or had a relationship with, it can definitely, definitely be a challenge. And even though we know that research show that when ex-spouses can co-parent successfully without conflict, smoothly and easily, children feel stable, they can have healthy relationships with both parents, and they are less likely to be pulled between one parent or another, are less likely to feel abandoned, and are less likely to try to meet their parents' emotional needs and sideswipe their own. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, like I said, years ago, I had never heard of co-parenting. I don't know about you, Rosalind, but I know when I was a kid growing up, there was, I never heard of co-parenting. My mother, I guess she was kind of like a selfish parent. It wasn't one of those things where it was this weekend you were with your mother, this weekend when you were with your father. So like I said, I never had the the ability to have to have experienced that. I know that I would be able to go to my grandparents' house or maybe go spend that at my aunt's house, but I did not have to do that with my parents, nor did I have me raising two children on my own did I have to deal with the visitations and, and all of that stuff. So, but I do enjoy being able to help parents today to try to come up with a plan. Now, one of the things is there are steps that we have to take. And although we want everybody to cooperate, it sounds good. And sometimes they don't, it don't happen like that. But one of the things with the 10 commandments, one is listen. You have to listen to yourself. What 
are your emotions telling you? Listen to your children. What are your children not only telling you about themselves and about you, but what are your children demonstrating that they need and they want? And listen to your ex. Because the most successful parents are the most mature. And when we talk about emotional maturity, that can be a whole topic within itself, Roslyn. What do you think about that? With the maturity? Oh, it absolutely is a, um, a whole nother day's conversation. Emotional trauma, emotional maturity. Um, oh, gosh. Um, so we aren't going there today, correct? <laughs> no, we're not going to go there today. Cause that, that's a whole other issue. But I just want to talk about, like I said, the Ten Commandments. So we know one is listen. Second one is start slow. We don't want things to people to just jump into things sometimes. Because if things are bumpy, begin communicating either, like we said earlier, either through text emails rather than on the phone face-to-face, especially if you know you're not okay. See, a lot of times talk about co-parenting, some of the issues that many have is one of the parents may have moved on, another parent may have remarried, or, you know, they feel that they're going to lose who they are as a mother or as a father to someone else, and that's not always the case. So if we know that these are those things that are bothering us, we have to start kind of slow. And then the third commandment, accept your differences. Even in happily married families, spouses, whatever the case may be, you know, the thing is, it's no surprise that we are going to not always agree on things. And we're going to do things or want to do things differently. But we have to learn to compromise, and compromising, again, doesn't mean that you lose. It doesn't mean that you win. It means that I'm, I'm going to meet somewhere in the middle. And respect each other as parents. I find that to be very, very huge, Rosalyn, because a lot of times we don't want to respect the other person as a parent. I remember my son came to me many years ago, and um, I was a parent that I never really said any, I never said bad things about my kids' parents, about their fathers, because that wasn't my job, because I felt they'll find out on their own. And my son came to me one day and said, Mom, this guy came up to me and said, your mama had no business. No, he said, Mom, this guy came up to me and said, I know both your parents, and your mother shouldn't have never even spoke to your dad. I didn't know what to say to my son when my son came and told me that, because out of respect, I didn't want to say anything that was going to be disrespectful, but how do you how do you deal with that when your kids are coming to you and want to know the dirt on the other parent? Do you think, Rosalyn, that that's used as a weapon to try to to stop them from or stop co-parenting effectively? What do you think that's about? It depends, as I mentioned earlier. It depends on where the child is, first of all, developmentally, how much information that child may be able to understand conceptualize, handle, however you want to word it. So mm-hmm. you want when you, and children will do that. You know, they will come to you at the oddest times with the oddest pieces of information, you know, and you, we may look at them or think, well, they're, my God, what are they talking about? You know, we, who's talking about us? It could be horrific, but you want to meet the child, your child, where, where he or she is developmentally. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. is it age appropriate? I mean, how, how, you mentioned traditional values. You and I sound like you and I have similar traditional upbringings. 
So mm-hmm. back in those days, <laughs> I remember, you know, being told, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Correct. You know, and um, this is grown folks' business or what have you. You know, so they, they kept us out of a lot of, uh, we didn't have access like we do today, you know, to information via social media or what have you. So you just want to make sure that you aren't giving your child too much before they're able to uh, process it in a healthy and productive way. I mean, what Correct. need that child have to know the details uh, uh, as far as their parents' relation business? Correct. Because one of the things is you never badmouth your ex. Never send kids as messengers. Never burden your children with details of your breakup because it's not their responsibility. But see, it was interesting because my son waited until he became an adult because he started wanting to seek to find out about his father. He started wanting to know. And I think it took almost 22 years before he even developed another relationship with his father. And I just basically stayed out of it. And even in their adult life, I still stay out of it. So when he comes to me with his father issues, I listen. But I'm not getting in the middle of all of that. Because I know my responsibility, even as a mother of an adult child, is still to be my responsibility is to create a peaceful, loving environment so that, you know, now that my son is a parent, he just all I can do is tell him and just make sure you don't repeat the same behaviors is basically it, you know, because sometimes we make it easier for them by not respecting one another and then anticipate and accept change. We got to know that things are going to change. Be consistent. Seek smooth transitions. When you talk about co-parenting, going back and forth can be hard for kids. We want to make it as easy as possible. And another thing is a lot of times going back to that respect, what happens, you know, a lot of times I get complaints about so-and-so don't ever show up on time, so-and-so miss their visits, you know, that's something that should be a private conversation between the two of you. It should never be discussed in front of a child. You know, you want to talk through the coming changes in your child's schedule well in advance. So you can prepare yourself and them emotionally for the change because when kids are going back and forth, it's hard enough. But when they're out there waiting and a parent don't show up or the parent is late, that can create a problem. And then this is where we come in, Rosalind, seek therapy. Now, when we seek therapy, sometimes you can seek therapy together and sometimes you can seek therapy separately. Because one thing I tell my parents about co-parenting All the time, you don't have to be in the same room in order to receive co-parenting because I'm the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction located in Orange County and J.A. Precious, Inc. located in Oceanside. And when I conduct my co-parenting groups and I get these phone calls from parents saying I was ordered to do a 10-session co-parenting class with my ex and da-da-da-da and they want to give me the breakdown, I'll tell them co-parenting is learning how to parent with another but you do not have to be in the same room with that person because you're going to learn skills. They can learn skills to do what's in the best interest of the child. So when we talk about that, what are some of the things in regards to seeking therapy? How do you handle that, Robin, Rosalind, in regards to um, seeking therapy or providing therapy? Well, if you're speaking, since you're speaking about the group situations, um, you know, there are a lot of variables, as you, as you know, regarding attending you know, p- people attending groups. 
you know, are they victims, perpetrators, groups, you know, um, is there restraining orders involved that would prevent people from attending together? Uh, In the best laid plan, I feel that it really would behoove the parents to hear the same information Mm -hmm. at the same time from a neutral party or parties in, in the case of the group. And that way, you know, they can take themselves uh, out of it and hear from someone who has no vested interest in their story but is able to give them some insight or a different perspective. Well, one of the things that I could find, well, that I see that I've noticed to be a challenge is sometimes when you put the two together and you put them amongst other couples, they will monopolize the group because they want to make the issue about them. So we want to make sure that especially safety is very important. And not only that, just the communication and the information, because you want to make sure that it's communicated to them. If you're doing it in regards to you know, couples counseling is one thing, but I know that the courts are now ordering co-parenting groups. Now, we're going to be closing very soon, and I want to end by saying parenting, as we know, is a lifelong role. So we know that the people didn't stay together. We get that. And we know that some in regards that have married said until death do us part. You will with your kids because everything you do And every behavior you model makes a lasting impression on your children. And it also predetermines how they will form their relationships and succeed in life. So the one thing is we have to learn as parents to take this role more seriously than you have ever, 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 ever imagined. Because it is the most important thing that we can do and the best gift we can give our child or our children and adult children. Your children should know without a doubt that they are more important than the conflicts in your failed marriage. So today, I really, really want to thank those that are listening. And I hope that we were able to provide you with some information in regards to the goals of the best way to communicate and what's in the best interest of your child, let alone to learn how to develop that trust in your child so that your children will learn how to trust both parents to basically for the children to understand that their life will still be stable, meaning there is some stability and it will be balanced because you got to remember it took two to make the child. And in most cases, it's going to take the same two or even more in order to raise the child. Now, next week, again, I, um, I'm sorry, before I even say that, I want to thank those for listening with us today on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. And remember again, these are our children. So, Rosa, in closing, do you have anything you want to say? Well, again, thank you, Jeanette, for providing me with this opportunity to speak, you know, on behalf of um, parents and families and the whole reunification of parents and families um, because that is, uh, my goal here in the Oceanside North County community is to uh, work towards uh, strengthening the family system, and I do that by providing professional uh, supervised visitation, monitoring, and exchanges uh, for families and their children um, through my organization called A Seed of Change, which is located in Oceanside. So thank you. 
Okay, you're welcome. And like I said, if you're in the San Diego County area, you can either look up Dr. Bosna Reese or myself, and you can find me, Jeanette Abney, through J.A. Precious Inc. Or if you're in Orange County, you can contact the Center for the Treatment of Addiction. And if you are in the Riverside County area, you can contact New Beginning, New Hope, or Cox Romaine Psychological Center, located in the Marietta area. Now, next week, we will be discussing, because we just ended Mother's Day, and Father's Day is right around the corner. So, again, thank all those that are mothers. And next week, we'll be discussing the role of a father and being a man with special guest, Cedric Boyd, who is the author of Good Wolf. He is a comedian, a film editor, and most of all, my cousin. So, until then... You got this. And again, thank you for listening to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Dr. Rosalind Reese. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.